Welcome back to No Beer Left Behind. It's Brian here in North Texas. And uh, of course, as always, I'm drinking something uh, fine and fancy. I've got myself a McKellar, uh, big worst, worst, worster uh, American style barley wine, which if you've never had it, it's a trip. It's a big, big beer served in a green bottle. And it tastes like, uh, I want to say, I don't know, Elmer's glue with some hops and uh, a lot of alcohol. It's super thick. What does the bottle look like? Uh, it looks like a wanted poster type situation. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Looking good. I've had it before. Um, I want to say, I don't remember what the ABV was. Uh, it's high. It's 15.1% alcohol. Really should have looked at that before I poured this bad boy. Uh, but it's only a pint. So. That's like drinking a half a bottle of wine right there. Yeah. At once, by yourself. Cool. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a fun evening, I guess. I I brought this and a a raspberry wit beer and a blood orange cider. So I think I oh kicked this God. off in the wrong direction. The I don't think we. I don't think I started this in the right direction. <laughs> it doesn't. I, I will say this tastes like maybe seven percent alcohol. Maybe it's okay. it's just thick. Those are always nice. Oh yeah, no, it's great. Uh, I'll be slurring my words later on. It'll be great. So, uh, Frank, down in Austin, actual in the laundry room of magic. What uh, what are you sipping on this evening? Yeah, I'm having a little bit of the red wine that I had left from dinner. Um, at the Excelsior Cabernet Sauvignon from South Africa. It's a blend. Um, not super impressed. Very. Plain. Let's just say that. Very plain. Question. Uh, when you say it's a red blend, but you called it a Cabernet, what's up with that? Can you explain? Yeah, I probably misspoke there. Oh, I didn't it know. It tastes like a red blend. Oh, okay. It doesn't taste like the true... <clears throat> I don't know. I'm used to Cabernet Sauvignon have a little bit more bold flavors. Are they muted, or are they just like covered up with other stuff? No, it's covered up. It's like it tries to have some good berry flavor, and it doesn't. Oh, okay. it tr- it tries to be a lot, and it fails on most accounts. Jesus, just run that shit down here on No Beer Left Behind. We we bring you the truth when it comes to wine talk. It's good always. Um, I mean, it's it's important. Some wines suck. This <laughs> one's one of them. Don't do it. Some beers suck. Sometimes we we uh, run run into that as well. <laughs> Frank, how have you been? It's been a week since we uh, last spoke. Yeah, been all right. I think uh, last time we spoke, we were definitely on the kind of uh, what's that? The remembrance the remembrance path, right? With Parker. Um. um what? 
I'm talking about talking about memory all memory lane. Are you talking yeah, memory lane. lane. That's right. Oh, okay. Jesus. Remembrance pieces. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your Americanisms. They're they're spot on. Remembrance yeah. path. The walkway of thinking back on things. Yeah. <laughs> is that paved or is it uh, just think a think back boardwalk? Think back boardwalk. Yes, Frank, what were you um, reminiscing on that? Reminiscing road? No, there was no, there was no reminiscing. I'm okay. just saying that the uh, that was sort of last episode, right? This episode, I don't know. I mean, uh, week's been all right. I think uh, overall, humankind is just kind of shitty. So <laughs> Somebody was speeding outside of Frank's house again today. He's just, <laughs> oh, God, every day. Fucking every the day. other day, Frank called me. And he literally spent a good two minutes yelling at someone while I was on the phone with him. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just telling, yeah, this is a fucking crosswalk. Of course I'm going <laughs> to. Yeah. I hear I hear an, a, a third voice <clears throat> in our conversation just come out of nowhere and go, you're welcome. And Frank just lost his shit. I was like, well, obviously <laughs> Frank is walking in the street, uh, walking in the street and someone in the classy town <laughs> of Buddha is not feeling it. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, that whole situation was hilarious because I. <laughs> it's a crosswalk. Okay. And the dude was like, oh, you can thank me for stopping at the crosswalk. And I'm like, who the. In what world? Like, where do you live? <laughs> oh, where do God. you get off? <laughs> needs to thank you. Like, what, what is wrong with you? This is a clashing of mentalities right here. <laughs> My favorite was we Cultural were having a mentalities. We were having a pretty serious like conversation, and you just <laughs> you're welcome. And I was like, oh, this, I know Frank. I was like, this isn't going to end well. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, so Brian, Brian immediately goes, "Did that guy just? Did someone just say you're welcome?" And I go, "Yeah." <laughs> Crosswalk, asshole. <laughs> that was great. I love that. Well, uh, you're still here, and I'm assuming you have legs working, so the the guy didn't come back and and twist your legs up or anything. It's good. No, he didn't. He well, so it it was funny because it was like the the dude was driving a Prius, right? Last thing you expect from a Prius driver. Um. Pins. So he gets all on his high horse. Then the dude in the c- Tacoma behaves exactly the way you think a dude in a Tacoma would behave in that situation. Backs the dude up and is like, yeah, man. Da, da, da. And I, I don't know if he thought that I was like yelling at him or whatnot, but I put my headphones on and just kept running. It's good. I was like, I ruined your day. You're in traffic. I'm out <laughs> working out. I don't really give a shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good. It really was. I mean, it, w- the the amount of people that are just in such a big rush to get somewhere, yet I, I bet I bet ninety percent of society rushes to get to a place they don't really want to be at. Yeah, right? well, it's like, because they don't want to suffer the consequences of being at that place late. But are there consequences, man? You're a fucking grown adult. Like, what consequences could possibly arise? You're not driving a beater. You're driving a new Tacoma. You're driving like you obviously have a stable job with an income. Hey You're man. not working at Wendy's. Hey man, the the Walmart the Walmart shoppers aren't going to greet themselves. Okay, I got to get there. I got to let people know. So apparently, Walmart shoppers get paid more than I thought, and I should be applying because I 
I, there just isn't anything in life that, like, you need to run pedestrians over for. Um, <laughs> we do or that what, pedestrians need to thank you for stopping for. You Literally, know what? Now it's that five we're, seconds out of your day. Now that we're talking about it, what does Austin have against people walking? Because we covered that one lady getting hit a couple <laughs> weeks ago, and there's like a pandemic going on through the county. Oh my god! Austin. These are like vicious accounts too. It's like not. Frank was almost movie. victimized. <laughs> It's like not chill shit. No, okay, this last yeah. one's a little more tame, but like the accidents that you mentioned. Yeah. They're legit. Like, I don't know. Um, well, okay. So um not to get too deep into it, but oh, we're walking walking outside of downtown is essentially committing suicide. I mean, they don't build long sidewalks and I, they don't do that like Dallas doesn't have them either. No, it's Dallas. Like the state of Texas kind of plans to not have people walk. Very, very annoying. Well, it's because in the summertime, it's about a million and a half fucking degrees with a thousand percent humidity. I still walk. I still walk my route, man. Yeah, I understand. Four miles every day. I understand. <laughs> do you understand, though, Brian? I do. Are you sure? I was gonna say that the city of Dallas really—they don't—they don't mind pedestrians so much. It's people on bicycles who they just loathe with a like a ferocity um, unseen by humankind. <laughs> well, let's be honest. The the so the wife. Okay, first bike riding in Austin. Okay, I'm sorry. You're, you're yeah. you broke up a little bit. You first time bike riding in Austin? Is that what you said? No, hold on. Let me turn my let me turn my video off. Okay, I said. Um, Let's let's find out what Villem's drinking first, and then oh. I have a story about bike riding in Austin. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Villem, in Tulsa, actual. What are you sipping on? Uh, I'm drinking a delicious, a delightful uh, lavender chamomile tea. <laughs> what is it spiked with? <laughs> Nothing, dude. I'm kicking back right now. Everclear? How are you partying? What are you doing? I'm rum? Exhausted. You got some <laughs> rum in that? Or... No, that's fine. Uh, chamomile tea. The most relaxing of all teas. Yeah, it's supposed to put you to sleep. Or help you get to sleep. Have you ever tried Sleepy I'm Time tea? Zone right now. Yeah, yeah, I have. It's pretty... It tastes okay, but it, it works pretty well. Dude, I used to double up, double tea bag uh, some Sleepy <laughs> Time tea. <laughs> Because it was going hard, and uh, <laughs> I remember the first oh, this time. This works. Let me fucking double do down twice that much. <laughs> um, that's what we do here in America, Villem. I don't know if you've noticed yeah. that or not. <laughs> if one oh, is good, love the F one fifty. Let's fucking make it <laughs> twice uh, as big. Class D fucking or class C license. Vehicle. <laughs> Let's lift it, put some knobby tires on it, and never leave this parking lot. <laughs> no, uh, I used to double bag the old sleepy time tea, and I remember the first time I drank it, I literally felt like my feet were floating above my head when I was laying in bed. I'm like, this is the greatest feeling on planet Earth. Been chasing <laughs> that dragon ever since, villain. Be careful. That chamomile tea will get you. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, so, how's life been? I know you've got a big a Good. couple of big changes going on. Obviously, sex change being one of them, and then the others. <laughs> You got a different computer that you're talking on. <laughs> yeah, how's the new, the different computer sound? Uh, it's Hopefully the same. Sounds good. Um, how's the new uh, external sound card sound? 
Sounds great. Sounds great. Good, because it is absolute dog shit, along with the other one. Apparently, when you pay $10 for an external sound card, you get what you pay for. (laughs) Who would have thunk it? (laughs) This thing is garbage. But as long as it sounds good, I'll make it work. Anyway. That's decent. Now I'm starting to get out. (laughs) You know what? I'm starting to hear a little something. It's in the back. I'm hearing something in the back. I don't know. (laughs) Frank, you hear that in the back? (laughs) Very tinny. (laughs) I'm getting an oaky afterbirth. I don't don't like it as much. Wait for it. I should just make it to where it's just an office ref alert. It's not always the office, but a lot of the times it's, it's like ninety nine percent of my deep deep cuts are the office. The deep cuts. Yeah, I don't trust anyone who doesn't like the office. You know, right? <laughs> have you met anyone? Y- y'all, y'all have worked in a lot of like pretty diverse offices and, and workplaces. Yeah. Have y'all worked with a lot of younger people who have never watched the office? No. No. Yeah, I think there's a generation out there Ugh. that missed the office. Ooh, Ooh that sucks. Lives. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I'm guessing they're on welfare or some sort of government subsidies. I don't know. Clearly Not they, college, that's they for sure. can't be successful people. Um No, I work with two two coworkers who grew up in different parts of the country, <laughs> but they're the same age and neither one of them has watched The Office, and nor do they care to watch The Office. Wow. Yeah. Are you fucking serious? What the fuck is wrong with you? And I have to have... Conver- to watch it because of what? I d- it just doesn't I, interest them at they're all. They're just not interested. <laughs> yeah. Dude, but all these fucking horrible Game of Thrones bullshit. Hey, easy. <laughs> Take it easy. I, I, no, I'd be... No, I'm more, I'm more concerned with like, what they actually watch is like the bachelor and nonsense like that. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. We watch it cause we have to bet on who's going to, who they're going to pick. Like, pick if I make nuts. an office reference and you don't fucking get it, like, and it's like not a like real obscure one, then I just am disinterested in making references <laughs> to you, frankly, like lose my number. If you don't get my office reference, lose my number. We're not friends. We're not going to hang out after this. Like, there's no further same, same phone who yeah, dis. Yeah, same phone who dis, you're dead to me. <laughs> like <laughs> uh Willem, are you drinking out of the teacup from Beauty and the Beast? <laughs> I couldn't picked really... up on my ceramic. Oh what yeah. Up? That's that is... my ceramic game is tight, dude. It's like a steampunk ceramic In this cup. Home, I don't know. We appreciate our goddamn ceramic. This is Frank Coma, straight out of Oklahoma. It is and, literal uh, Francoma pottery. <laughs> this is literal Francoma pottery. This wow. is shit from like the sixties and whatever that are. It's like new still. I we use it. It doesn't fucking age. Uh, so I know what we're gonna get Frank for his birthday this year. Just a gangload of Francoma pottery for his house. If you can, yeah. Honestly, if if <laughs> someone gives you a Francoma mug or something like, you know, plate or whatever, that's like a really nice gift. Mm, well, now I'm not going to give him that. I'm going to give him some fake Francoma pottery stuff. Just to make it <laughs> I got a... Uh, Knock off Francoma. <laughs> I got like a, a high school Obama, gift, 
I got an Obama Biden Francoma pottery cup. <laughs> oh, that was Parker. that was a Parker classic. Yep. Wait, legit? Did you really? Y- yeah. Real Francoma pottery. Real Francoma pottery. <laughs> wow, that's cool. It's made. It's made out of. Uh, well, it's it's finest. Right, it's. Uh, what kind of clay? Chinese porcelain? <laughs> no, it's uh, terracotta. It's not. And... <laughs> I don't think. I don't think that's accurate. That's that doesn't seem right to me. <laughs> Frank, someone gave you an Obama Biden. Yeah, Parker did. It's apparently they're apparently very rare. Is it like a like a an like a donkey? <sighs> yeah, it's a donkey. I have one. It's yeah. They're like apparently kind of rare. Sorry. I'll bring it out. Hold on. <laughs> mm. Well, while he's talking about that, I can talk about. Well, I think he. Was, I believe he was shipped this uh, mug from Parker, our beloved Parker. Uh, and speaking of shipping, I really need to ship Frank his uh, trophy. Uh, maybe I'll ship that when I ship out the winner's beer uh, for our Instagram giveaway that we're doing. Uh, as this comes out, it'll be mm, the week of the instagram giveaway so if you haven't already go over to at no beer left cast on instagram and uh, check out our giveaway post be sure you follow the directions so maybe you can win some beer the entries do close on april 20th that's right 420 bruh um, so if you listen to this in the future check out our instagram page and see who won our no beer left behind giveaway uh, we partnered with draft top and gave away a, a, a bunch of really cool and rare cans from DFW and like the DFW breweries and Oklahoma city breweries. So head on over there, check it out, like it up and uh, maybe take some good notes about uh, some good beers to try in Dallas, Fort Worth and Oklahoma city. So uh, Willem, did you uh, take a look at the beers that we were giving away? Uh, I have not. No. Cool, 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 cool. Frank, are you back? <laughs> there it is. Okay. The 2013. Yeah, those are apparently not super common. It just says yeah. Dem on the back. Yeah, Dem, cool. yeah. I try not to use it, really. I just kind of have it. Um, yeah, that's <clears throat> nuts. Wow. That's D's neat. nuts. Dem nuts, right? Dem nuts. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. I had to... Also... Brian, uh, I would like it noted that I did switch to the, it's called the Skeleton Key from William and Chris. Yeah. So, it's made in familiar. High Texas, uh, right outside of Wimberley. Not too far away, maybe an hour outside of Wimberley. Where is Wimberley? Um, south of Austin. South of Austin, yes. That's obviously, um, <laughs> I knew that right off the top of my head. Right by the hill country. Um uh, I will say, if you're at all interested in Texas wines, this winery makes some of the best. Um, uh, we should all it's take very, it. very difficult to find a good Texas wine. Mm. You know this what? This is a good one. I uh, quite enjoyed uh, Perdinalis wine down out in Fredericksburg. Perdinalis, okay. uh, they do a lot of uh, Spanish wines, so the spicier spicier blends of red wines are really, really good. Uh, and what's the other one? Oh, uh, super simple, like dripping Springs. Uh, oh, okay. What's that one Driftwood. out there? Driftwood. Driftwood. Yeah. 
That, I, yeah. I like that. I like their wines. I mean, their food's uh, pretty good. I mean, there's not, there's not a, every one of them has at least one that's decent. Yeah. Um, and that's the same. I don't know if you followed along. You probably didn't. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I took the I took Mrs. Brian and uh, Mrs. Brian's friend on a wine tour in North Texas in North Texas Hill Country. That's a thing, and yep. uh, we went to like four wineries up here, and yeah, every winery had one wine that was like, all right, it's pretty good. But of the wineries that we went to, like none of the grapes were grown there. They may have yeah. been kind of fermented there and blended by someone who is on the staff at that place. <laughs> But like they don't work there full time. They blend wines other places, and they came in. And they were like, "Yep, put seventy percent this, thirty percent this, and call it done." Well, so you know that's, well, that's interesting. Skeleton Key, this one specifically comes from the estate, which is why I I found it very unique. Because you're right, ninety percent of what the Texas vineyards do um, is they'll take some California grapes and mix it with their own and kind of come up with a good blend. Yeah. Um, this one is straight from the estate. There are several fall creeks. Another one that will only do from their estate. Um, if it's not from their estate, it's under a different label. Um, so th- there are some that stick true to it that make good wine. But if, if you're a wine club member at these places, you know, it's not consistent. Um, right. Year after year, because the weather is not as consistent here as it is in in Northern California. But the years where it's good, it is phenomenal. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I, I mean, I support Texas wines. This is a good one. I would get this year's as well. This is a twenty fifteen. It's the one that's currently in stores. Uh, Skeleton Key. You unfortunately are not going to know that because there's no date on the bottle. <laughs> Um, it's really stupid. Which it, is I handy. Think they sell out every year, so whatever you can buy is going to be the same as what I'm drinking at the moment. Um, there's a winery out by us, Frank, that next time uh, you and the missus come up, we'll have to take you to. Uh, none of the grapes, none of the wine is made there. None of it. Absolutely none of it. Um, it's basically just a house where one brand of wine is sold. <laughs> Uh, so it's more like a tasting room. It's a tasting room for a winery out in California, here in uh, North okay. Texas. But they have a okay. What the hell? Yeah, it's really fucking weird. But they sell it under a Texas brand name. But then when you ask huh. two questions, you realize none of this shit is made here. So cool. And I mean, I say none of this shit's made here. Like you didn't just look at the outside of the place and be like, well, you're in a fucking neighborhood. So of course none of these, none of this wine is made here. <laughs> Uh, the only the only reason I like I'm in a subdivision. Where are your vineyards? Right, like I I don't know a whole lot about wine, but I'm assuming it takes more than 13 grapes to make all of this. Uh, he's doing Welch's in the closet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but the reason I even I even entertained the uh, trip back there one it's five minutes from the house, so that's a win. But two. They have a Sauvignon Blanc that's fucking phenomenal. It's super dry, super like uh, green pear, just fruity, a little bit of peachy. It's fucking amazing. And as long as you're drinking it with the understanding that this is not from here, cheers, don't give a shit, it's good, then uh, I feel like it's it's all right. Just enjoy the wine for what yeah, it is. It's not a ripoff. Like if people know what they're getting, it's not a big deal. The only thing I, I mean, do it's not like pretty deceptive. It's but see, it's like deceptive in the way of 
like in the same vein as something that is blatantly obvious. Like, I mean, I, I can't express to you like next time I'll, next time we go out there, I'll take pictures, but it is embarrassingly small amount of like small number so, of vines. And they're like winery. Like it's, do you have to go out there to buy the wine? That's the other thing. Yes, you do. Cause it's not sold in stores okay. anywhere out here. Okay. And they charge the price that they charge is like it's made here. So I think a bottle of that Sauvignon Blanc is like thirty dollars. Uh, that's a, yeah. Which is is kind of yeah. normal for most Texas wineries. If you buy a bottle to go by the glass, I want to say it was like seven or eight dollars a glass. Jesus. Uh, but yeah, man. I mean, you, it, the only reason I go out there is for that one wine, and I don't go out. It's not like we go every Friday out to <laughs> out to the vineyards and the vineyards Grab in the bottle. neighborhood. <laughs> Popping bottles of Sauvignon Blanc out in the neighborhood every <laughs> week. It's just you just got it like in the budget, 120 bucks a month. <laughs> <laughs> gotta buy, gotta buy three bottles of this shit. No, it's it's. I don't know, man, Frank. I don't know if you feel the same way, but like when it comes to pricing for products. Like I think we, we talked about it a couple episodes ago. We talked about Oklahoma beer pricing and what you pay. Like you get what you pay for. Yeah. Unless it's you're paying for something that's made here and then you pay three times more. You're just yep. like, is it is it worth it? Should we be doing that? <laughs> Understanding that small businesses do take more money to operate and continue to grow. But at the same time, like, where is that where is the trade off? Like where is that uh that cutoff point? So the problem the problem with the the old pricing theory is that it doesn't include what is also another economic variable called irrational exuberance, right? We've we've discussed that term before. Yeah, so people who are really excited about having a brewery in town will keep it in business um, even if they decidedly sell terrible beer. Yes. Um, So it takes that contingent to peter out before the price lowers or the the company goes out of business so um it's really difficult to say i mean if everybody is serving wine like in texas there's no reason for you to go spend logically 40 dollars on a bottle like this bottle that i have tonight um is 52 okay yeah now absurd amount of money for a bottle of wine i don't spend that on south african wine Okay, um, <clears throat> the 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 difference in my mind is the production here is a lot smaller, so um, you're supporting a small business, but it's not. At some point, that has to change if this if this is ever going to become like a wine growing region, similar to a craft beer startup, right? right. Like. If you're starting up, you're charging 12 bucks, whatever, 14 bucks for a six pack, you're not going to be able to sustain that for long. So either your business model is broken in that you don't produce enough, um, or you're trying to make too much money too quickly. And I'm going to go with almost all of those. They're trying to finance a business with high yield debt. So whatever they're financing the business with is, is really high interest rate, probably credit cards. Um, and they have to somehow make payments on that stuff. And as a result, 
they're going to charge you a shit ton for the small amount of beer that they produce because that's the only way that that business model works. So um, <clears throat> I would assume that that's going to be your case or the place is in a spot where they're going to be charged a ton of rent. Um, they don't own the building that they're in, which a lot of them don't. Um, so if they're, if they're rent super high, that's another, that's another case because the input costs are all the same. So kind of on a general sense, all beer should cost essentially the same. Granted, they, they age and use some special ingredients in some beers, but <clears throat> if we're going to deal, if you're, if you're going to talk about your, your general beer styles, the base price for a given style using the same hops, using the same mar- uh, malt um, and barley should be fairly consistent. Um, but it's it's not, and it's due to the company's ability to buy volume, um, their ability to consistently make a good product. Because if you if you make a bad product, that you've got to make up for that in the next batch, right? So, right. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot there's a lot into how they price that stuff. But I'm I'm going to go with two things. People in the area are super excited. They have a brewery, so they're willing to pay whatever. And more importantly. I think they probably finance those breweries with some really risky debt and therefore their interest rates are super high. Therefore their monthly payments on that debt is high. And for them to be able to make any money and pull a salary, they've got to sell their beer for a lot more. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because there was a, uh, on the multitude of beer podcasts out there, there, the topic of beer and the beer market in general has come up. Uh, over the last two weeks because a major brewery in the United States and was foreclosed on essentially. So uh, green flash brewing out of Southern California had not they been closed. Able, well, they had not been able to pay their bank. I think it was Comerica yeah. bank. They had not been able to pay their bank for since July of 2017. Wow. And in that time, they had opened up a second tap room, or I'm sorry, a third tap room in Virginia. That'll kill you. Well, they, yeah, so they were not able to turn a profit with a new tap room. They closed down that. The next day, they closed down their barrel room, which had, I think it's called Cellar 3, which had nothing but sour beers. And then, literally, I think that was on like a Wednesday. And on Friday, they pulled all the all the uh, investors in, and they were like, ah, we, we, we can't do this. So they were bought out by this uh basically capital firm it was called like west coast west coast ipa Mm -hmm. is their is their name uh but outlook not good for green flash none of the shareholders none of the original founders are now uh, they're no longer part of the company and uh, their sister company or the company that they purchased two years ago alpine brewing is also under control of west coast ipa uh, financing. Well, so that's that's sort of the thing, right? But it's a life lesson in that. Like it should be for sure. But you, the way people are viewing it, and I'm sorry. Go ahead and explain your life lesson, and then maybe I'll. Pay no, back no. Back. I'm saying it should it should be a life lesson for all of us. It's not just in the business world. Like you can sink yourself by committing to something at an interest rate you can't afford. Um, if just because there's a sticker price and someone says the monthly payment is doable, interest rates kill you. Um, so unless you can get something for a decent interest rate or unless you can be sure to pay off that credit card because it's at a high interest rate, 
you can sink your own ship and you're you're everybody's in charge of that for themselves so um yeah there there's definitely a lesson there and i'm not surprised i mean it's 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 as predictable as as anything when it comes when it comes to business failures businesses fail because they can't service their debt that is the i mean if you think about it that's the only reason a business would fail Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they would just dwindle off over time, right? Like, you would just see less and less products being sold by that business. But as long as they sell some products, they'll be able to employ some people. Um, yeah, they'll you die sell, off they'll over op- time when you can't service debt. Yeah, they'll operate at some capacity until the demand yeah. is so low that they can't <clears throat> they can't justify producing a product. The and see, that's what I wanted to focus on. People are freaking out. Like people, beer people across the United States are freaking out. Like, is this the beginning of the craft beer bust? I'm like, no, well, no, no. no, it's not. The craft beer bust began uh, like four years right. ago uh, when when every grocery store in America wanted every beer possible. But for yeah, I was going to say for a much different reason than this. yes, this, yeah, that was oversaturation of a market, uh, and it's what they called skewmageddon. Uh, there's a different. I mean, I feel like there can be a difference, and I'm not smart enough to fully articulate it. But there, I feel like there's a difference between oversaturation of a market because I feel like beer in general would be that market, and oversaturation of it would just be the like uh, there's way too much beer to be sold. Uh, but the what I'm focusing on is the quantity of styles and the level of education of the average beer drinker was such that uh, people shut down and that's what kept more people from buying more beer and different beer than what they were currently buying yeah which i I know there are too many options exactly yes it's overwhelming versus oversaturation yes yeah it's yeah um, and it causes the consumer it's tiring to make that many decisions. That's exactly right, Willem. Like I, I've tried to explain that to people at my job, which is this, and explaining that like you, if you if you go to a rock concert standing next to the speakers, and after the rock show you ask someone to explain to you what the lyric in in the, the second verse meant. Like they're they're not gonna be able to tell you because they were so overwhelmed yeah. with the volume and the amount of noise coming out of the speakers, they weren't able to decipher what exactly any what, what's going on. And when people yeah. humans get into that scenario, they focus on what they've done before. They're like, "Well, the drums were cool, I guess." <sighs> yeah, but I mean, <laughs> that's that is what you're describing is a market that is too fragmented. So. Too many players, um, too many different beers. That's a sub-fragmentation of a market. And as such, the consumer is confused and doesn't necessarily... They're, they're not getting a consistent enough product yeah. to where they go back to Old Faithful and they stick there. Now, nothing wrong with it. What will happen in, in this phase of market development... Um, it's, I mean, again, this is a book, right? This has been written. Markets have gone through this, not just the beer market, but every single stage of market development and the business cycle is known. You just have to, the skill is in knowing where you're at in that business cycle. And from the the kind of short amount of, of analysis that you just presented, Brian, it sounds as though there, the industry is sort of at a post first growth cycle. Mm-hmm. And normally what you see post that cycle is a consolidation of the market into the strong players 
a reallocation of the bad debt into players that are they're they're essentially what I would call them like Viking ships that are set on fire and sent out to sea. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows those places will fail. Um, they're burdened with a lot of bad debt. Uh, it's, it will be it will be no surprise to anybody, including the banks, that those places are going to go under. Um, and you'll see strong players emerge. And if that's your first cycle of consolidation, normally out of that cycle, you see some really small, tiny breweries who didn't make these decisions come out phenomenally strong. Um, small players have the most ability to innovate during that cycle because they're not busy trying to figure out who they're going to be acquiring. Mm-hmm. And they have access to debt if they have a good balance sheet and not everybody coming out of that growth cycle or coming out of this kind of bust cycle, quote unquote, um, will have that ability. So totally normal for a market to develop this way. It sucks to see some of your favorite breweries go under. Those people will find other places that that they'll be able to go create their 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 beers for or if they're smart, they hold on to the equipment as much as they can Um and start something up here in, in two to three years once this consolidation cycle is done. Because it's, yeah. it's only started. It's well, not by any means the end. What's bad for uh, Green Flash in particular is that they are left with absolutely nothing. Uh, they're Sure, they the sold only, it to the private equity firm. Yeah, the only value that their company had was the equipment that they were brewing on, essentially. Uh, at least for the private equity firm. That's the only that happens, man. Someone someone didn't run the model. Like you well, cannot you cannot invest in a business, you cannot price products, you cannot start deciding whether or not the business is ready to go to the next step unless you run you understand your current state of financials, you understand the runway that you need to keep operations going as they are, yep. and then understand kind of people always overassume what it's gonna take to enter a new market. They always uh, overassume the the or sorry underassume what it's going to take. Overassume the demand for their product. Right. Um, you're going to North Carolina. I can already tell you two things coming from Southern California that you're going to have to contend with. First off, you're not from the East Coast. People in North Carolina love the East Coast. That's going to be a problem. Second, the styles of beer that you're brewing are more likely than not not the styles that the local beers. <laughs> in the area are, are, are having success with. So you need to do your research. Um, and quite frankly, when you start growing these national, national brands, right? So to Willem's point earlier with the Northeast Texas, California wine bar, um, <laughs> you, you start bastardizing the reasons why people support local and that works against you. Right. It's not it's not North by Northwest or Pint House Pizza deciding they're going somewhere and opening a business because that is still locally produced beer that will be different recipes based on the local ingredients, as Pint House does. And it'll be their thing. Right. And they serve pizza and whatnot. Um, doing something like just the tap room across the country where you. You might brew some beer, but most of it's shipped in. That's that's a dumb, dumb model. It's yeah, it's, it's a failure. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's just stupid. I, like, I, it's a waste of time. Why? Why would you think you could go out compete North Carolina? Yes, 
South Carolina brewery just by showing up. Like it's not. Well, they yeah they they open this one up in Virginia Beach, which is even funnier because there's a lot of like killer breweries within uh-huh. driving distance too. So, uh, what's <laughs> Brian? I've got this killer business proposal. Let's take out about two million in debt and go open up straight across the street from Dogfish Head. <laughs> We're gonna open up. It's gonna be called like Cat Cat at Cat Ass. Yeah, well, no, no, come on. What? Cat donkey butt. Cat donkey butt. Oh, sorry, I want to keep it keep it PG. The Yeah, it's got to be able to sell an HEB, right? What's, like, hilar- what's hilarious to me, Frank, is that we just had this conversation, and if you listen to – so some of our listeners who do listen to other beer podcasts, if you listen back to everyone else's take on this, it is very much driven to, like – What's the market going to do? And then the discussion that's had is 100% based in like this pseudo feelings. <laughs> and I'm saying yeah. this because as I was listening to them talk about it, 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 it annoyed the shit out of me because you're not basing your argument. You're not basing your discussion. In fact, you're basing it in this like fruity, like fruity beer world. And I say so beer what, world. What was their sort of like <clears throat> in summation? What, what did, what, what was their take on it? We're really sad to see him go, man. And like oh. seeing breweries like that. Green Flash is one of my favorites. And then I'm going to go ahead and put in the Brian parentheses. I don't drink it. I haven't had it in like two years. But when I had it, it was really good two years ago. And it, since then, I have not contributed a single dime to Green Flash's like profitability and or Alpine's growth in any way, shape, or form. In parentheses. But hopefully it's not the end of all craft beer. Uh, you just really hate to see him go, man. You're like, okay, yes, we do hate to see him go. True. Uh, but the reality of the situation is there are hundreds of other breweries who are are teetering on the exact same extinction that Green Flash is, either on a larger scale or a smaller scale. Be- they are still in the same... In the same uh, predicament there's a local brewery that i know of and that i love that whether they want to admit it or not is dangerously close to this same scenario playing out and it bums me out because they make phenomenal beer but they have made terrible terrible decisions and you're just like business decisions not brewing decisions their beer is still great but head brewers married to someone not hot. What a bad decision. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She is a <laughs> she's a seven at least, and I just he deserves better. Can you believe that? Six out of ten. No, it's like you you see people like you said, Frank. Like you see them making decisions. They're making the decision based on uh, a dream of what they think can happen, rather than staying in their lane. I don't know. There's something there's something to be no, said I mean, about being being really good at what you do and enjoying that. Not trying to grow, not trying to be more than what you're capable of doing. That is everybody wants to be Sam Adams. And they don't understand. But see, I, I agree. They want to be Sam Adams, but no one's drinking Sam Adams. <laughs> No, but that's the thing is like they don't understand the advantage that Sam Adams had being the first mover that they were. Right. Um, a massive advantage. If you're going to be Sam Adams, the next Sam Adams in craft brewing will come from people buying craft breweries. It's well, not it, going it, to it, come. It already has. That's how Ballast Sam Point got $1.2 billion with a B. 
that's that's how yeah. all these breweries are staying afloat and and becoming. But they will they will all consolidate into some conglomerate that we will then call AB InBev or then call Craft Beer Alliance, Craft Beer Alliance or Fireman's Financial. Yeah, because yeah, what it comes down to is is that is that is how markets work. And and why the hell does Dallas Point need two billion dollars? They don't. One, they, they, they bought a, they, they bought the brand. No, they, yeah, they. So Const, Constellation came in, and uh, they, now, granted, <clears throat> Ballast Point also had a spirits company as well, so they had to factor that in. But yeah, yeah, one, but it was minor. That yes. those spirits made it to like three states. Uh, but I will say, but between us girls here, them dim spirits was phenoms. I heard uh, the rum was really good. Their rum was out of this fucking world. <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, all that aside, yeah, one point two billion. But you have to remember they were they had been a self <clears throat> like an employee owned entity. That was distributing to thirty-seven states at the time, but like by themselves, it was. It, they were an wow. impressive operation. It became unscalable, though. It well, it became unscalable to a company without one point two billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> now that they're a, a a a billion dollar company, they were able to open an East Coast brewery and support everything uh, in all forty-eight, all the lower forty-eight states. But Brian, you made a good point there, right? One of the things you said there is very important. They were purchased for one point two billion. Yes. Um it it took them twenty five years. Or twenty years. Twenty five twenty years, okay, in business to become a brand that could be sold for one point two billion. Yep. That right there goes to show you that as a craft beer startup, you have got to assume that you need to run off cash. You can't mm-hmm. do a lot of debt financing. Yep. Because, <clears throat> excuse me, what it comes down to is that debt has to be serviced. If you don't service it, they get everything. Yep. So <clears throat> you need to start. That's, that is really, and I have to throw some commendation over here to the two-wheel brewing company. The guy had, he got a nice bonus at work. He had been saving up for about 10 years. He built the place. I think he said total three hundred fifty grand cash. That's a nice, massive investment. But the nice thing about it is, all he's got to do is service the property taxes. If he mm-hmm. services the property taxes, he's good to go. Yeah. So, like, he's long term. <clears throat> that's his only risk, and and I don't I don't see it as a huge risk because Texas is such a pro commerce state that. It probably always, doesn't even have that high a property tax. Yeah, I was going to say it'll always be fairly reasonable. And that's something I, I helped a, a buddy of mine pull together uh, a business model for a brew pub uh, similar to ABGB, which we talked about a yeah. couple episodes ago. And walking through it with him, like, listen, you don't need the $1.2 million or... You know, I think I think the average, like what people, like the the numbers that are thrown around, are a million dollars to start a brewer, a production brewery. If you want to start a production brewery and you have only a million dollars of capital, you're fucked. You need more like five million, at least, to yeah. start a production brewery in the state of Texas, because you're going to have to expand to other, like to other markets outside of your immediate vicinity. You're going to have to. 
and to meet the demand in those areas, it's going to take some, some time and effort. But then you have that weird balance of what is too much expansion and what is you know not enough. Uh, but if you're going to start a brew pub style where you're just servicing people behind the bar, you can start that up for dirt cheap. And as long as you work it correctly and you don't, like you said, don't go over your head, you're going to be making a shit ton of money. And as, you obviously have to do it well. You have to market yourself well. And you have to have something that makes you stand out from the competition. Those are all very doable things that yeah. don't take millions of dollars to accomplish. But that's, yeah. So, I mean, not to, not to belabor the point, but that is what you'll see in craft brewing. So now we've also covered it. I, I think our view is a little bit different. I think normal market forces are at play. You'll see consolidation in the market. Look for small... <clears throat> small businesses in your area that make good beer that don't look like they're in trouble. Those are the ones to support. I understand support the ones that are sinking, but understand there's a highly li- high likelihood they won't be around. So <laughs> <laughs> the captain, the, the people are playing violin and shit on the deck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the ship is going down. Holy shit. So, uh, not, <laughs> Not to go too off topic, but kind of off topic. So to the violin point, I was at Trivia about two weeks ago, and they played violins. And it was like the the round, so the round was an audio round. They played music, and it was from movies that were like in the 90s. And this specific movie, there were so all of these movies had uh, sequels made not sequels but had adaptations or readaptations like someone remade the original movie and they said the 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 so the music they played was violin music and the two dates were like 1988 and i put titanic okay <clears throat> I'm sorry, the, thought, the, 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 the shit broke out. You said the two dates were between what and what? It was like 1976 or 78 and 1998, okay? Okay. And so I put Titanic because there was a, there was a Titanic made sometime in the 60s or 70s, okay? That, it was very expensive to make, but it, 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 I remember seeing it in black and white. And then 98 sounded about right for the Titanic. So I was like, okay, Titanic, that makes sense. It was fucking psycho. Okay. So <laughs> the, the quiz master reads the answer and he goes, psycho, my favorite Titanic. <laughs> I was like, God damn it. Okay, that sounds <laughs> horrible in the context of the answer. <laughs> Sounds like a huge miss. <clears throat> the dates were actually fairly close. Well, I mean, okay. I, I get that. That's funny. Uh, fucking A. So, I guess we have to address the elephant in the room tonight. Barbara Bush died today. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. I know our most, uh, nowhere left behind, voted most beloved first lady um, of the 90s. And I just wanted to give everyone here an opportunity to go around and um, tell how Barbara Bush touched you and how you would like to touch her remembrance. Or, I'm sorry, um, we're going <laughs> to take, take a trip down, what was it, 
talk about the past road? Or is that what Frank's? remembrance remembrance way remembrance way? Anybody, um, Aaron? Let me play. Let me play some theme music for you. No, no, God damn it! I fucking sound. You know what? Just y'all, y'all discuss amongst yourselves. Willem, are you a huge Barbara Bush fan? I know little to nothing about Barbara Bush. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he said. <laughs> I know she was the first lady to George Senior, and that's about it. And yeah, seemed like a nice lady. That's it. <clears throat> I, yeah, I, I, I don't know her from Adam or Eve. Or Eve <laughs> from Eve. <laughs> <laughs> how is how is Eve? She how is Eve doing nowadays? She <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's just. Uh, do, do, do. You know what? I I do have something to say about Barbara Bush. And go for it. I don't know. I just want to. There is something about Barbara Bush that just makes me feel like she really ran this country for like fucking twelve years. Four years under George H.W. Or W. The oldest W. Are you saying she's our first matriarch? Yeah, basically. I mean, when you really think about it, do you trust either of the George Bushes to run shit? I mean, sure, they're nice enough people, but they're highly susceptible to being manipulated. You know? I feel like yeah. I feel like Barbara just ran this shit for twelve years. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I think Dick Cheney ran it for well, W. Well, he's a I real mean, piece of trash. Well, he is human fucking garbage. I will agree with that. But I do feel like there's some things that that Barbara influenced later on. I yeah. mean, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I mean it, George W. had a set of twin girls. And he named one of them after his mom. Let that sink in for a second. Yeah. That is some... That's yielding some power. Okay? Uh, uh, this I'm, I'm stating this because I didn't realize that this was a thing until Mrs. Bryan told me, like, oh, Barbara Bush is in the hospital. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, that's sad. And uh, then we brought up the Bush twins. And uh, yeah. she was like, yeah, Barbara is actually in Africa, like, helping build homes. I was like... I thought she was in the hospital right now. (laughs) She was like, you dumbass. You know that one of the twins is named Barbara and the other one's named Jenna. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah, I know. I knew that. I was just playing with you. I'm glad you caught on to it. It's funny, huh? I'm funny like that. I'm glad you caught on to it. Just just testing you. (laughs) Just just a quick test. I knew you were. I knew. I knew. I was just seeing if you knew. Anyway. Just making sure you're not having early onset dementia. Yeah, I have to put you in a home with HW. Anyway, it's really sad anytime you see somebody go, but um, yeah, I'm more sad. I mean, she was, yeah, I mean, hold on. She was, yeah, I was gonna say that's what I was getting at. She's 92. It's not like she was in her 40s. I'm like, well, that's sad. She's 92. So, um, yeah, good, good on you. I mean, I guess that gets you. A, get you a real low so, volume Dean. Yeah, thing. but let's let's also. Sorry. In order not to be like too overly offensive, 
I don't think any of us really know whoa, whoa. Barbara Bush. Period. All yeah. I've heard is a lot of a lot of respect being thrown her way from all <laughs> angles. Like I've not I've not heard anybody go. So like Winnie Mandela passed away two weeks ago. She literally called for um, people to have tires burned around their necks. She was a bad bad person, and she can go fuck herself. Barbara Bush. There's yeah, there's just not a lot of there there. I think she's a good person. I I think she maybe she did help old HW out a bit. Um but I to Villain's point, I think Dick Dicky Dicky Ricky was Dick. the one running our country for 8 years. Old dirty Dick. <laughs> yeah, good old dirty Dick killing my friend bastard Cheney. Uh, you know, Dick but- Cheney was more in the press than George W. Bush and Mike Pence combined, I think. I'm almost certain. Well, I mean, I don't know that that's even calculable with the fact that Mike Pence has been in office for like 18 months. Well, I also don't think, I think Mike P- Pence has seen the press like three times, maybe. And two of them involved walking out of football stadiums when black people kneeled. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that would be the token... The token uh, <laughs> asshole in this moment uh i i I don't i want to clear something up i didn't i don't want to seem like i'm 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 calling out barbara bush as being a shithead i was simply pointing out the fact that i feel like she wielded more power as an american citizen uh being the first lady of the united states uh than uh, possibly even the president of the first the uh, the first george w uh president of the united states and i feel like that's actually pretty impactful with the fact that she could have affected more Americans' lives than her husband, who was the president. That's actually pretty cool. Uh, yeah, just a, yeah. like she she literally held no office, uh, but could have impacted either directly or indirectly way more people in a positive way, not in a negative way. It's not no, like she was calling okay. the shots you're, in the first desert storm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. They call him. They call him back out, Brian, around this side of the town. No, it's back. Um, it's back. Wait, which side of town are we talking about? Are we talking about the east side or the west side? Because one side I'm the back door, and one side I'm back out. Oh which... So no. So the, the the one thing that I will say is the um, the the right have that same theory about Hillary. The right. Sorry, he sig heiled when he said the right. Uh, no, <clears throat> he did. They he have did that same theory about Hillary. Hillary. <laughs> that that Hillary ran oh. the country when Bill was in power. Oh my god! But see, I, I, Bill Clinton's I, a smart dude, though. Like, I feel like W the, is known to be a. He's not like dumb, but he's like very absent-minded I, in, and like aloof. Yeah, aloof is the perfect analogy. Like, here's uh, Mrs. Brian and I get into this have this conversation probably once a year. Like George W. Bush. The forty second or forty third president? Forty third. Forty fourth. Forty third. Forty third. Obama would in forty four. And then this dipshit is yeah, forty five. Yeah. So yeah, forty third president. Forty <laughs> third president. Can we skip, skip forty five and just get it back? We can't. No. He needs to be fucking etched in history just like the goddamn Civil War yeah. needs to be etched in history. Don't ever fucking forget this. Anyway, so no the forty third president. Something was going to happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Mrs. Brian and I have this conversation every year. Like, I don't feel like he made any, like, I don't feel like he is to blame for any bad decisions that were made in the early 2000s. Oh, oh really? No, and, and here's why I say that. I don't think he's smart enough to make those decisions. 
I, I just don't. And you don't like in the same way that like I don't know when a, a little boy you're gonna like, blame John Bolton more than you'll blame Bush. Nah, I mean I'm gonna blame Bush, but you no, know, in just the same way that like I don't know when uh, I don't I don't know I have an even hard time defending the statement, but like boys will be boys. Like that statement of like when you apply that to teenage boys who wreck a car. And they're like, because they were driving fast down a dirt road. You're like, ah, well, boys will be boys. At the same time, the dirt road in this scenario is America, and the car that was wrecked is American Lives. You're like, okay, we'll have a problem with that. You can't. You can't. I mean, do what? He's not a boy. Like, how is he a boy though? Because he's not smart. That's where I was going with it. Like, he has the intelligence. Man, child. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I don't. I don't. Okay, listen. I don't feel like any of us are exceptionally smart no offense to either of you but like you know and then listen this, that is the fucking harvard didn't he like well some, or it is no, it is susceptible on, 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 because his dad also presented like the most like well it, and and I'm, I'm just not just that though but I, you know that i'm just saying but like uh because you can get like sent to those schools but i feel like you know you can go get kicked out if your grades aren't good yeah, but you can go get kicked out if you're of that. Okay, Villem, do do you not remember what it was like to be in college? Do you not yeah, rem- yeah, do, you, do. do you do you remember what it was like to look at people and be like, "How the fuck did you get here?" And how the fuck are you still here? And then yeah. when you graduate, you go, "How the fuck did you get here?" Yeah, yeah. Okay, so those people exist in every facet of life, whether they are right, the hundred, you're right, you're right. the hundred you're thousandaires, right. or the millionaires, or the hundred millionaires. Those people. So I'm not exist. trying to, you know, I'm not trying to use the college as the only because I know, but that is weak, you know. But what what I'm saying though is like he doesn't feel like he's much dumber than like you or me, just a normal person. I and 100% we have basic logic and reason. <laughs> I I would put a, a, I would I would put a pretty good chunk of change on the fact that anyone here on Nobody Left Behind <laughs> could 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 outwit George W. Bush. I just I just feel like putting you know saying that it's oh because he's stupid or whatever is kind of giving him an out basically. oh yeah yeah well that's well that's what i was saying like i have a pro i do have the pro- hard time saying the old boys will be boys analogy and like well they're just too dumb they don't understand the consequences of their actions when you apply that to america and american lives i have an issue when okay it comes to so that. can we i know we had a trivia earlier but i have another one on a level of one to like inventing nuclear is really this critical yeah it's highly it's of the <laughs> utmost importance okay so on a level of one to inventing nuclear fission where would you put george w bush <sighs> one two okay that's like a massive scale i would put it i, I would put I would, him no further than making a pb and j out of that i would say okay oh God, on that same frame i would say the no scale. no okay <laughs> so here's here's where i would put him oh he's somewhere between a rock and a fucking Rocket. Ah, that was a good joke. Oh my god. I would put him along I would kill that shit. I should be on SNL. Should be a writer on SNL. Okay. All right. Uh, No, keep explaining it. That helps. (laughs) That helps so much more. I was I was part of the shtick. (laughs) Fool this man. I think that was the first time I've used that outside of Frank. 
Congrats. No, uh, I would put it. I would put it around a child who has figured out how to formulate a Play-Doh hamburger out of those Play-Doh things that you like, the presses that you just put the colored Play-Doh in and it presses out the pieces. That's basically where I would put his intelligence. Okay. It's All not right, real so food, but he'll try to eat it. PB and J. Well, that's where I was going. How do you feel about Trump then? I, he's a moron. Oh, so are you I think know, like in eight years are you gonna be saying the same shit? Like, oh well, he was just kind of fucking stupid. I think I can. That's nuts. Let me explain it this way. <laughs> I mean, he's overtly like aggressively stupid. One, George W. Bush was never like <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> one time, I saw my dog purposefully shit in the floor. <laughs> One time I saw my dog purposefully shit in the floor in the house. He made eye contact with me while he was shitting on the carpet. <laughs> That's where I would put Donald Trump. <laughs> He's right in that intelligence level. Yeah, I know what I'm doing is wrong, but fuck you. I'm shitting on the carpet. Yeah. I, I bet he's actually pretty <laughs> so you're smart. you're saying That's Donald Trump. No, all right. So you're saying Donald Trump in some form or fashion, whether emotional or otherwise – is more intelligent than George W. Bush. Fucking yes. No doubt about it. Oh, I gross. Mean, That's disgusting. I mean... You wash your mouth out with soap. I don't know that I agree with that, because I did compare him to shitting on the floor, uh, and at least... No, but I mean, the fact that he knows that he can do it and get away with it is a... Here's the de- here's the deal. Way above making a PB and J sandwich. Here's I the mean, deal. Like a, <laughs> a, a, a he t- knows how to operate. He knows what he's doing. He's he's totally conscious. Here, I don't think George W. Bush ever knew what he was. Let doing. me let me pause. Let me pause real quick and just explain this. So a toddler can do something, and then they look at you, and they they don't know that what they've done is wrong. And you look at them and you're like, hey, that's wrong. And then the next time that they, they think about doing that thing, they will stop. And in which case, I will say, like, that's George W. Bush. Now, a dog, on the other hand, will do something wrong. You pat him on the nose. You rub his nose in the piss or the poop on the floor, whatever it is. <laughs> Won't, don't do that again. Don't you fucking dare do that again. But then the next time they do it, whether they know that they're doing it or not, when the comes time to pay the penalty of, hey, you've done this act, you're going to get punished, and they look at you with sad puppy dog eyes, they're able, that, that is manipulation of a situation. And that's exactly what Donald Trump does. He knows that the situation he's in is in a Republican controlled Congress. Ain't nobody going to say shit because I've already broken down the media system and, and like taken out any fire that they have by calling them fake news for the last 20 months. So every wrong that he does is literally puppy dog eyes in the form of a tweet going, "Hey, fake news is telling me this is happening. I don't, I don't believe it at all. Mission accomplished. Say it often. Like this bullshit that comes out of his head is literally puppy dog eyes at the part of America, which is the minority of America, that supports him." And that's all that fucking matters. That's all that keeps him going. So therefore, he's manipulating the situation to keep himself out from getting his nose rubbed in shit. Sorry. Does that make sense? Did I just make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. But I think I think a dog being able to connect those dots is smarter than a baby, honestly. Like a baby doesn't Here's the deal. Natural. Here's it's the like, deal. Maybe, but a baby has the potential to fucking grow into a more intelligent human being. A dog is always going to shit in the floor. <laughs> Like that, okay, that's that is a good good point. <laughs> like the dog's never gonna flush the toilet on its own. 
A baby might be able to. Sorry. Yeah. Brian. Nah, yes. Fine. How do you feel? How do you feel about um, Sean Hannity? Ah, fucking piece oh of God. fucking shit. Not? I did not want to talk well, to no. anyone. Let's. Or let's. That. I just want to address the fact that <laughs> Twitter <laughs> Twitter blew up saying, "Will Sean Hannity recuse himself from Fox News?" <laughs> like, <laughs> like, all right, let's all take a fucking break here and just breathe for two seconds. Like, to recuse yourself from something, that something has to have value. <laughs> like, there has to be some some integrity involved here, and yeah. there is none. Uh, the fact that he is you know, the... that's how they put the facade over it, right? Like... <laughs> yeah. It's no longer truth and honesty or whatever the hell it used to be. Truth and news. Now it's just like... The whole problem with the fucking media outlets is the goddamn Midwest mentality. Like, being non-confrontational and just, like, fucking trying to avoid the goddamn problems as they get thrown in your face. Uh, like they play uh, the game CNN's with Donald Trump bro. instead of just saying, "Yo, you're fucking stupid. What the hell are you doing?" That's that's. I mean, you can put geography on it all you want, but as long as news organizations are beholden to advertisers to advertise on their on their airwaves, you're never going to have confrontation in the way that will be necessary to make change. You will never have it. That's why organizations like Vice News are pretty important to have. While Vice News can be take it or leave it, like some people love it, some people hate it, some reporters are good, some people are bad. Like there is some validity to the way they approach their news that's good. In the way they approach their news is that we're not beholden to anyone outside of Vice. Um, BuzzFeed does something similar, as much as it fucking pains me to say. Like they don't give a shit about what, like what they're. But what ends up happening is like. The the side that disagrees with them, which is almost always the conservative, uh, then accuses that of being a propaganda arm of the left, you know, like or whatever. It's like yeah, but the, the, and then kind of like discredits them to their base in that way. Oh, don't don't believe Vice News because you know they're just fucking liberal and well, and that's fine. You're always going to have that until you can break down whatever side is saying it. And by Sean yeah. Hannity coming out as being a the uh, third of three uh, you know, people who have hired uh, Cohen to represent him, like that does not bode well for the validity of everything coming out of Fox News. When Sean, Han- excuse yeah. me, Sean Hannity has been your flagship program for a decade now. Like recuse himself from that story. Okay, that's fucking hilarious. But like, but the fact that that conversation is even taking place. Is it shows the fucking yeah. absurdity the of of valor that is put on news media, like on television media yeah. or television news in general. Like you, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> there, in in my opinion, like so, I have my bachelor's in journalism broadcast. I'm not saying that I'm a fucking broadcast journalist by any stretch of the imagination, but I did spend a good chunk of my life. Like having to live by the by by the rule here of like there's really two places that you get news sources like that you source your news that you broadcast write or transcribe uh, to be said or to be transmitted over whatever medium the two sources that I worked with the AP wire and personal like interviews that's it and the number of stories that come out of like 
stories of stories is insane. It's absolutely insane. Like you, you, you have stories coming out of uh, interviews that might or might not have happened. You have stories that that come out of uh, leaked sources. It, it, it makes it really difficult to figure out what is actually true. Now, to that point, leaked yeah. sources are incredibly important to figure out what actually is going on. Uh, because leak sources meaning people who will have their livelihood affected if their identity is revealed as having said something that is important enough to say. Right. So like, th- there's a, a fine a fine line. And the AP, honestly, the AP will never report on that. AP being the Associated Press, which is basically America's news standard. The AP yeah. will never report on leak sources and put that over the AP wire. I don't, at least I don't think. Oh, wow. I mean, fuck when <laughs> when Obama's on the White House, I never had to worry about an AP wire be, having a fucking leak involved. So I really don't know. Uh, it just doesn't seem like something that would take place. The AP reports on things yeah. firsthand knowledge, and they report it in such a neutral voice that you honestly can't tell what the fuck is right and wrong unless you know the subject matter inside and out, which is sort imp- of like uh, BBC News. Exactly. Like if we had the Associated Press news and all you read every day was what comes off the wire, America would not be as divided as it is right now. And the bullshit manipulation that is happening on, I'm going to say, on the conservative side, (laughs) uh, on the Republican side right now, it it would not have the impact that it actually has. And I'm not saying that. What was that, that, Brian? What what was that uh, legislation that got repealed, what, in like the 90s or something? Uh, uh, what? Are you talking about slavery in Mississippi? Yes, actually. <laughs> no, turns no. out that it was bad, Willem. It was very bad. Not, no, not well was, received. There was a law that kind of like defined standards of for the news. Uh, and, uh, you're talking about mandatory education your... in Alabama. No, I don't think. That right, was and it. One, one of it was to keep your opinion out of your stories. Well, I uh, uh, like reporting it in a neutral manner. I, I, I don't know of a law that was passed. I mean, I, I don't doubt that there was one. Um, I know that it is incredibly important as a journalist, a written journalist especially. I know I know what Willem's talking about. Well, let me he's, get this point he's out. Refer, he's referring to the Fair Coverage Act. So during an election, if you give airtime to a candidate, One candidate of one party, you have to give it yeah, equal to the Yeah, you've got to give other. equal air, or at least show that you offered it. Yes. Which... Is important, uh, especially in the South, I believe it or not. Uh, but uh, what I was getting at is uh, it's incredibly important, especially if you're writing, if you're a, a written journalist. Uh, so your work is only read by other people and interpreted by other people, not spoken directly by you. It's incredibly important that you list things as being editorials, as thing, as opinion articles, or as actual hard news. Because that will provide more context for what the story is about. And that's where like we see some shit now where writers are taken completely out of context because they're written they have written an editorial article, which is just an expansion on their thoughts and beliefs, uh, rather than just a straight opinion article, which is their beliefs blown way out of proportion. Like basically it's their beliefs turned to eleven. Versus an editorial, which is their beliefs pl- or their the facts plus their beliefs, versus hard news, which is simply the facts written in a neutral voice. This is what this is what happened, 
the reader interprets what good and bad has come out of what's happened. Um, it's incredibly important for those pieces to be explained, uh, like explicitly laid out. Uh, otherwise, you have people blowing opinions and editorials completely out of proportion and calling the Washington Post a biased uh, shit rag. And like that's just not the case. 100% not the case. Do you think, okay, so quick, quick, uh, why, why are newspapers called opinion rags and shit rags? Is that, do people actually use this stuff to dry up? <laughs> Spills around the house? Yeah, like, I mean, it's, or were they using rags to clean their buttholes? <laughs> like, what, what, there's only two ways this could go, right? I, I don't know the, uh, the, the origins of the terminology, but, I would say it's just the general paper, uh, toilet paper okay. reference. Um, right. I, mean, I don't know. I, I for yeah, hey, I mean, user life pro tip: if you want to, if you want the cleanest windows ever, make a nice solution of uh, of alcohol, of rubbing alcohol, mm-hmm. water, and then spray that on your windows. Wipe it down with newspaper. Cleanest street free windows you'll ever see. It works well. You're right. Amazing. All right. <sighs> All right. Uh, one last beer count that we head out. Well, I mean, I think it's going to be pretty boring, but I mean, I can still play it if you don't want to play it. Oh no, it's okay. Take us out. I'm going to play the fucking beer count now. Uh, we in this bitch now because I want to talk about one 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 beer that I had earlier. Hear ye, hear ye! It's time for a beer count. Listen to this track, beers. Uh, Frank. What wine are you on right now? Same one. Finish the glass. Uh, that'll be it for tonight. Broke the Definitely bottle. Get it. Skeleton Key from uh, William and Chris. Very, very good wine. Definitely a fan. Excellent. Uh, Villem, what uh, what glass? What gallon of uh, chamomile are you on right now? <laughs> I finished my cup and then I had a glass of water. Now is that Tulsa Tap or is that uh, out of the bottle? What sort of uh, salinity are you working with there in that tap in that water? Uh, Tulsa Tap. Good choice. Good choice. Legendary. Good choice. I mean, sure, if you want to be poisoned by fluoride and have your mind controlled by the government, that's fine. Uh, uh-huh. Sorry, <laughs> stick around for Brian's uh, conspiracy podcast. Conspiracast and uh, conspiracy. So I'm on, uh, this is my third beer. I crushed the, the rest of that barley wine, which, full disclosure, I started before the cast started. So, and I get thirsty. So nice. I had uh, an Everything Rhymes with the Orange from Rough Tail. Beautiful little juicy IPA. Uh, I slammed the rest of this Austin East Cider's Blood Orange Cider. Uh, very, very good as well. Uh, but Brian, I wanted to, yes? Just a real quick, you mentioned though everything rhymes with orange. American Solera made a collaboration with Rough Tail called "Nothing Rhymes with Grape," it, which is hilarious in my opinion. Yeah. So the head brewer there at Rough Tail, his name is Matt. Uh, Matt is probably one of the most like irreverent, like sarcastic people I've ever met in my life. <laughs> so they have an entire series of beers based on the fact that he liked someone's review of their beers online. Uh, so they call it the vapes of wrath series, uh, <laughs> which is just a bunch of flavors that are, that are popular at vape stores in Oklahoma. <laughs> so, uh, when they did their, 
when they do their collaboration with American Solera, which they do, American Solera, if you're not familiar, if you're not in the area, they do a lot of collaborations with some winemakers in Oklahoma. And they're collab- and by collaborations, I mean they just use some old-ass grapes that they have laying around, and they make beer with them, which is actually really cool. I believe one that I had was like a Norton, a Norton's Red or something like that, where they had some uh, old red grapes laying around. They made a made a pretty badass sour with it. It was really good. Anyway, so the Nothing Rhymes with Grape is classy. And I 100% attribute that to Matt. He's smart enough yeah. to figure that out. Um, earlier today, I did have a beer that uh, was some, like our buddy Jay would consider a Mount Rushmore beer, a beer that uh, I put on my bucket list uh, that I've never really had the chance to try because it's not sold here. Uh, but I saw a post for it, and it was being sold. I don't know how legally it was being sold at uh, my little bottle shop, but we always talk about supporting local local businesses. So the local bottle shop in uh, Carrollton, uh, Lone Star Taps, or well, Lone Star Beverages. Uh, they're also affiliated with Lone Star Taps and Caps around the DFW area. They posted that they were selling bottles of Cantillon. Cantillon is a brewery, Brasserie de Cantillon. It's based out of uh, Brussels, Belgium. And they're probably one of the most like world-renowned uh, Lambic brewers. So spontaneously fermented beers. Uh, they do a lot of blending to make sure their beers taste the same year to year. So uh, Lone Star Beverages in Carrollton uh, started selling, or they, they sold, I think they had like a case or a case and a half, so 12, 24 bottles of Cantillon Goose from 2017 that they were selling. I went by there yesterday, yeah, yesterday, and um, they had sold out. They had no bottles left. And uh, I told them, I was like, damn, how y'all going to drop that shit on a Monday, not tell anybody, and post a little bitty tiny picture of it, and uh, expect people to come in? And they were like, yeah, well, we sold out of them. I'm like, oh, well, shit, all right. So talking to the guys, I went into the, uh, I set my, my, my warm beer selection up on the counter, and uh, came out of the cold box with another six-pack and a bottle, and uh, I look on the receipt, and uh, lo and behold, there's a Cantillon Goose that I was charged for. Open the bag. My boys, my boys, had a bottle of Cantillon Goose in that in the bag. And oh. honestly, I have never been more happy to pay thirteen dollars for a pint of beer. Uh, but that is, it, honestly, I can I can never drink beer again and be like I can feel like I've tasted the world. Um, it was it was phenomenal. And honestly, on a on a more sad note, on the same day that uh, we lost uh, America's first first lady, <laughs> to me at least, um, we also lost my keychain. Those of you who know me know that uh, I have Pleplius, a little monkey from uh, a drinking show that came out in the early two thousands. Uh, a Tybini baby keychain that I used to ha- that I that I still have. Uh, his little monkey named Pleplius. He came off my keychain today when I got out of the car, and I don't think I can repair him. Oh, but you still have him. <sighs> I still have him, man. But like, I don't know. People around the office, around my company, and around the beer world in general, they all know. They all know Pleplius when he comes around. Oh man! And like, I don't. I'm. I'm like. I'm not even. I'm not even lying. I'm legitimately broken up on the fact that 
I won't have Pleiades with me when I go to work tomorrow. Oh my god! I'm I'm not even kidding because that that little keychain monkey, like I used to keep it on my keychain when I worked at Staples, and when I had my keys sitting up on the counter, I would look at Pleiades, and that would be my like my expression of personality uh, when I was at that shit job. And uh, I don't know. It's it's stupid that inanimate objects have that effect on people, but they do. And uh, it was it was fitting that I uh, I poured a, a Mount Rushmore beer, a, a bucket list beer for myself. And Pleplius. And Pleplius. So you'll see a post on Instagram tomorrow about uh, Pleplius and Cantillon Goose 2017. Brian, I can relate. I had a backpack in college that I had since sixth grade yeah i took it all the way through college so the day you retire those things sucks but it does there will be another plea please you'll be all right i don't know man because i went i went on ebay where (laughs) i bought the first one i'm not even lying i've i've in the eight years that i've had this keychain i've been on ebay and i've looked to see because this one's gotten pretty beat up over the years it's seen some shit and uh this fucking keychain is ninety dollars i'm not even kidding you (laughs) Thai beanie babies do hold their value. Don't let anybody tell you different. So, um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Whatever. I'm, I'm well. I'm just saying fact right now. No editorial. Oh, no. no opinion. <laughs> this beanie baby held its value, and I'm honestly thinking whether I can make a car payment next month if I just buy another keychain. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, in in all honesty, I. Uh, I, I it was a f- phenomenal beer that I got to drink this afternoon uh, because of some great people uh, here in the beer industry in in uh, North Texas. So I appreciate that. Um, it was great. It was phenomenal. It was it was wonderful. I hope uh, someone out there listening to this gets to experience that. If you do, uh, reach out to us on Twitter, on Instagram at No Beer Left Cast. Let us know. You can always hit us up, slide in them DMs on Instagram and. Uh, let us know your personal stuff if uh, if you don't feel comfortable posting on one of our one of our pictures. Uh, we love to talk. We love to interact with you. Let us know what we're doing right. What let us know what we're doing wrong. Uh, we love to hear your feedback. So uh, for Brian here in North Texas, until next time, Pleplius forever. I'm out. For Villam and Tulsa, I'm out. Frank in far far north west. San Antonio. I'm out. Beer!